0: Thank you for joining with me, transcending time and space so that we can be together. I'm grateful for that, very grateful. And as always, we're going to start our session today with a prayer. Yes, so grateful. Hmm. I place my hand in my heart and I take that breath of love and gratitude So grateful and thankful to consciously attune to the very highest vibration of love. So grateful to partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self and to welcome divine insight, wisdom, intelligence. We are grateful to be awake and aware, to choose to live the love, to walk the talk. We're choosing healing. We are choosing transformation and transmutation of all limited thoughts and beliefs. We are grateful to open ourselves to an unprecedented healing. We're calling it forth. We're accepting it and we're allowing it. This is what we're choosing here and now in this very moment. We are grateful to open ourselves to clear insight and activation. In gratitude, we share the benefits with everyone. We let it be, and so it is. Amen, 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 amen. Ah. So our topic today is the laws of healing, and that's the name of a section in chapter 26 Section 7 is called The Laws of Healing. And uh, Spirit led me to it for our uh, episode this week. And I am so grateful because healing is my focus. I'm very, very focused on my own healing and supporting the healing of others. And what the healing allows us to do is to live a life that we love a life that is happy a life that is deeply fulfilling a life that is in alignment with the highest and best possibilities in our script this is what we can call forth so the script is already written this is what of course in miracles tells us it's multi-layered and multifaceted And there are higher choices and lower choices, and we make higher and lower choices all the time. And what I say is my perception is that the more we make the higher choices, it opens up whole new avenues within our script of unprecedented, miraculous, extraordinary healing. And I don't know about you, but many times I have felt myself at a crossroads Um, I used to have a lot of deja vu experiences I hardly ever have them anymore And uh, my spiritual teacher told me that uh, Those deja vu episodes are our choice points And uh, we are reviewing what has already gone by We're reviewing the choices that we've already made Which is a bit freaky to think about So for me, part of my very active spiritual practice each day is to look for the highest and best choices in every moment. So in my relationship with the higher Holy Spirit self, I am consistently requesting guidance so that I only see the highest and best choices. I no longer am even entertaining the low choices. And this is part of the transformation I've experienced in my life that is the healing of my life. And so let's look at the laws of healing here because what, I, what I've seen in my experience is healing is much, much simpler Not just simpler, but easier than we think it is. Because when we're aligned with the ego, uh, the ego thought system is basically a thought system of having to go it alone, figure it out from a place of not understanding it, not clearly seeing or knowing or feeling or hearing anything at all, just trying to wade through a mass of confusion. That's the ego thought system approach, but the spirit thought system approach is to align with divine grace and insight and clarity and tremendous healing and transformation is then possible because spirit can never fail. This is what I was writing about in my Sunday email. I send out an inspirational email every Sunday and you can sign up for my email inspirational uh, blog, you can get it once a week, three times a week, uh, however you like it, or seven days. I write it seven days. And I, I write an extra long one for Sunday. And this is what I was writing about this past Sunday, is that spirit cannot fail. Only the ego can fail. Because the spirit knows and understands everything, and ego doesn't know anything, doesn't understand anything, nothing that's real. So spirit cannot fail, ego always fails. So we put our trust and faith in the ego thought system, then we're experiencing a series of failures. So we invest heavily in our own beliefs and judgments, Complaints, then we're just going to experience contraction, restriction, limitation, because that's all the ego thought system can bring. But when we align with spirit, we experience expansion and healing and transformation and prosperity and abundance and all the things that spirit is. So, uh, but we, when we're aligned with the ego, our mind will reject all of that. It's there for us, but the ego will reject it. So when we're aligned with the ego, we're rejecting it. And painful, limiting. Mental and emotional patterns can be undone so quickly when we're willing because our willingness is all that's required. So people will say, I know that. But the thing is, is until you're living it every day, really, and testing it out all the time and relying upon it, you don't actually know it. It's just something you've heard that you think you know, that you maybe think you believe. But the, the test in your beliefs is looking at your life. When you look at your life, you'll see what you believe. That's just the only way there really is to know what you believe. Look at your life. Look where it's working, where there's restriction, limitation, a sense of lack. Then that's where you can see the ego is where you're aligned. And I find that very helpful, that our life is just a reflection of what our beliefs are. It's not whether we're good or bad, right or wrong. It's just a reflection of what our beliefs are. Okay, so let's jump into Chapter 26, Section 7, The Laws of Healing. (laughs) It starts out, This is a course in miracles. As such, the laws of healing must be understood before the purpose of the course can be accomplished. Let us review the principles that we have covered and arrange them in a way that summarizes all that must occur for healing to be possible. For when it once is possible, it must occur. So I work with a lot of folks in um, the Power of Love ministry who have various kinds of challenges, as we all do. We all do. I have challenges. You have challenges. We all have challenges. So uh, we're interested in healing. So this is going to fast track our healing here. So here he is giving us the summary, the principles And arrange them in a way that summarizes all that must occur for healing to be possible. This is juicy stuff. This is what we're looking for, right? Clear, fast track, summary. So here we go. All sickness comes from separation. Boom. All sickness comes from separation. Doesn't mean you're doing something wrong. Doesn't mean you're stupid. Doesn't mean any of that. It just means simply that, look, we all have separation belief, and sickness is something that comes from that. Some people have sickness, some people don't, but all of us are working with separation. All of us. Just not everybody's looking at it with, from a point of view of dealing with sickness, but Just to be clear, sickness comes from separation. When the separation is denied, it goes. Okay, so the answer here then is to deny separation. So that's one of my practices is to look all the time. Oh, that person that I'm not liking what they're doing, I'm one with them. They're part of me, I'm part of them. Because we're both part of God. Rather than allowing myself, as I used to do, to just rail against them and say they're an idiot. gossip about them or talk about them or complain about them. Nope. Ain't nobody got time for that no more. <laughs> we gotta, We gotta pull together and remind ourselves of the truth. When the separation is denied, sickness goes. For it is gone as soon as the idea that brought it has been healed and been replaced by sanity. Well, that makes sense. If sickness is the result of separation, heal the thought of separation, sickness has to go because there's nothing to keep it alive. Sickness and sin are seen as consequences and cause in a relationship kept hidden from awareness that it may be carefully preserved. From reason's light. So, in other words, sickness and sin are carefully hidden from our awareness, from our conscious awareness. So, we can just say, okay, if I've got a sense of separation, I've got a sense of sin, I've got a sense of sickness, then there's stuff buried in my consciousness that's hidden from my awareness. Holy Spirit, bring it all into my awareness. So I can choose to let separation go. Or just to take these thoughts out of my mind. I don't need separation thinking anymore. Don't need it. Learned all I can learn. I'm done. Thank you. Next. All right. Then guilt. Guilt asks for punishment and its request is granted. Right? As soon as we believe that we are guilty, we start to feel punished immediately, instantaneously. Is the two go together, right? And, and guilt is the cornerstone of the entire ego thought system, right? We're bad, we're wrong, we deserve to be punished. Guilt asks for punishment and its request is granted. Not in truth, but in the world of shadows and illusions built on sin. There, guilt and punishment seem real is what it's telling us. The Son of God perceived what he would see because perception is a wish fulfilled. Perception changes, made to take the place of changeless knowledge. Yet is truth unchanged. It cannot be perceived, but only known. What is perceived takes many forms, but none has meaning brought to truth its senselessness is quite apparent kept apart from truth it seems to have a meaning and be real okay so right here you 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 know you've if you've been listening to the show for a while you've heard me say many times truth is true our beliefs are not true our beliefs are beliefs they're things we made up they're Things that we surmise, they are decisions that we made somewhere in our history. That's what our beliefs are. But truth is true. So perception and beliefs, they go together. Perception changes, made to take the place of changeless knowledge. So perception is always changing. Oh, we have new information. Ah, okay, now I see. My perception was wrong. Okay. Knowledge doesn't change like that. Only perception does. So that's why perception is faulty, unreliable. Let's go for knowledge. Why settle for beliefs when knowledge is unchanging and it's liberating? It's the truth. Knowledge and truth are synonymous Truth is, yet is truth unchanged. It cannot be perceived, but only known. So, our beliefs are meaningless. The truth liberates us. Simple. Perception's laws are opposite to truth. And what is true of knowledge is not true of anything that is apart from it. Yet has God given answer to the world of sickness, which applies to all its forms. God's answer is eternal, though it works in time, where it is needed. Yet, because it is of God, the laws of time do not affect its workings. It is in this world, but not a part of it. For it is real and dwells where all reality must be. So, perceptions laws are opposite to truth. So why settle for perceptions? Help me know the truth that sets me free. Holy Spirit, help me tap into true wisdom and knowledge and not be distracted by my perceptions. And... As it says here, uh, that where was it? the answer to everything will be given to us when we ask for it, when we desire it, when we truly are willing to value it 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 says that here. Uh, Perception's laws are opposite to truth, and what is true of knowledge is not true of that that is apart from it, right? So only knowledge and truth are aligned. Perception is not. God has given the answer to the world of sickness, which applies to all forms of sickness. God's answer is eternal, though it works in time. So the answer to sickness is the truth. And the truth operates in time, but is not of time. That's kind of breaking down most of that third paragraph there. Now, it also says in here, I'm sorry, fourth paragraph. And it also says in here, often quoted, Ideas leave not their source. And their effects, but seem to be apart from them. So, we're uh, an idea in the mind of God. We cannot leave our source. Although, the effects of our thinking uh, can seem to be very far apart from our true reality. Ideas are of the mind. What is projected out and seems to be external to the mind is not outside at all, but in effect of what is in and has not left its source. So our mind is the mind of God now and forevermore. We cannot leave our source. We can only appear in the world of time to have left our source, but we can't actually do it. All right, moving on to paragraph 5. God's answer lies where the belief in sin must be, for only there can its effects be utterly undone and without cause. So, God's answer, which is the truth, is always right where it needs to be, where the belief in sin is. So, When we touch that belief in sin, when we feel it, when we recognize it, we're feeling the guilt, we're feeling the shame, we're feeling that sense of separation, of being bad and wrong. Right there, the antidote is available to us and that's the perfect time to choose it. The very, very perfect time to choose it. It's kind of interesting. I... um, was listening to the news last week and uh there was a lot of news because we had uh the mass shooting in Ohio and in Texas uh on you know at the same time basically and this all this uh upset and fear and anger and all these things coming the racism all of it coming to the fore And I remember hearing someone talking about the politicians who are supporters of the NRA, National Rifle Association, they, when these things happen, they say, this is not a time to talk about making a change. This is a time of mourning. We can talk about changes later. We do, now's not the time to talk about policies and laws. This is a time for grieving and uh, feeling how we feel. And that's been a standard response from some politicians. And people are saying, uh, they were outraged by that. They are like, enough. No, this is the perfect time to do something. It just puts, it put me, it just flashed in my mind. When things flash in my mind like that, I know that's the Holy Spirit speaking to me to um, share something. So what, what what's it's saying here is that when... In paragraph five, God's answer lies where the belief in sin must be. For only there can its effects be utterly undone and without cause. So when you're feeling that sense of sin, that sense of outrage or humiliation or shame or whatever it is that you might be experiencing, that is the ultimate moment to call upon the Holy Spirit is the ultimate moment to call for a solution. It really is because, and this is what I've said so many times, you've probably heard me, that when we're triggered, when we're upset, when we're emotional, whether it's despair or anger or fear, whatever it is, whatever form it's coming in, that is the moment to say, ah, I must have made a wrong decision because I'm not at peace, right? That process at the end of chapter 5 in the text. So God's answer lies where the belief in sin must be. When we get triggered, call upon the Holy Spirit and say, Ah, there is a belief coming up for healing. That's what this trigger is all about. This trigger is to alert me to choose again. I made a decision somewhere many lifetimes ago, whatever it was in my childhood, I made a decision that no longer serves me. It's coming up for healing. This is where the belief in sin must be, or I would not be triggered. Spirit, I welcome you. Enter into my mind. Help me to release these perceptions. Let me know the truth. So going on here in chapter 5, five it says, Perceptions laws must be reversed. Because they are reversals of the laws of truth. So perceptions are what can only exist in this world, falsehoods. Uh, they're reversals of the laws of truth. That's what perceptions are. They're false, essentially. The laws of truth forever will be truth and cannot be reversed, yet can be seen upside down. And this must be corrected where the illusion of reversal lies. So where does the illusion of reversal lie but in our mind, in our awareness. So when we're triggered... That is the point right there. That is the primo time for us to make a new choice and be led and guided by the Spirit to that. Yes, yes, yes. I'm so grateful that we can choose healing and so much healing is possible. For me, this has been one of the most extraordinary parts of my life because I had no idea that healing was so much simpler than I thought it was. I was utterly convinced, not possible for me. These things are possible for other people, but not for me. And I am here to say this is the joy of my life, to work with people who believe it's not possible but are willing to take a step anyway. These are my peeps. You are my peeps. (laughs) I love and appreciate you. And it's time for me to take a break. You are listening to A Course in Miracles on Unity Online Radio, where we're living the love, we're walking the talk. And it is my joy and pleasure to tell you, I'll be right back. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Welcome back. Thank you for joining me. We are talking about healing. We're looking at the section in Chapter 26 entitled The Laws of Healing and i was saying before the break that healing is so much easier than i ever realized so so much easier and so this is this is what my whole thing is about is to support people in recognizing this you know a couple of weeks ago i had some of the spiritual counselors that i have uh, trained and certified and uh, on this broadcast and they are stepping out and teaching classes at the Power of Love Ministry and they've been teaching uh, for a while now. We're going more public with their teaching and I'm so excited about that. They're offering classes. You may see emails or posts or things at Facebook uh, around these classes that we're offering. Uh, we're calling it a 911 series. Uh, when you have an emotional 911, a relationship 911, or a um, spiritual 911, giving people real tools that really work. And and uh, Linda. Laurie and Angela know very, very well and have counseled uh, probably hundreds of people now through the spiritual counseling program that uh, they've been using these tools with them. And so they know very well how well they work. And this is, to me, what's so important is to empower people. Because as I said at the beginning of the broadcast, uh, spirit cannot fail. And these principles of healing, they work. They work. They work even when we believe they won't. Dang, that's good stuff, isn't it? That the truth is liberating even if we don't believe it can be. What? That's so great. I love it. I love it. That's how powerful the truth is. That's how powerful these teachings are. Oh my gosh, I am so grateful. Uh, I was in a staff meeting last week And uh, I was just saying how grateful I am that we're launching these classes. I'm so grateful for all the spiritual counselors in our program who are stepping up and stepping out and shining their light, following their passion, living their dream, because this is what Spirit told me uh, I was to help facilitate and to support people in doing and I really thought, oh my gosh, how am I ever gonna do that? I don't, I'm still struggling with my issues and my problems. Spirit, I don't know how that's ever gonna be possible. I don't think I'm good enough to do these things. Not good enough. It's not that I'm not smart enough, but just not inherently good enough. And, but I said, I'm willing, I'm willing to do these things. If you show me how. And Spirit has led and guided me. And this is what I see for others. And this is my passion to support other people with. And these laws of healing, they apply to all of us. There is not one person who's left out or beyond redemption. No such thing. No such thing. Can't buy it. Ain't seen it. Won't give it any credence. So I'm inviting you to stand with me. That it is easier than we think. We can do it. We are doing it. It is happening now. Healing is happening now. This now. Yes. Dang. We're on it. We're doing it. We're living it. All right. Moving on here. It is impossible, this is Chapter 26, Section 7, Paragraph 6, It is impossible that one illusion be less amenable to truth than are the rest. But it is possible that some are given greater value and less willingly offer to truth for healing and for help. So this actually puts me in mind of Something I'm doing that I haven't uh, done before, which um, September this year, I'm offering for the first time a retreat that's a healing retreat for those who are recovering from sexual abuse. And um, many people have been sexually abused, and we're getting news all the time of boy scouts and the church catholic church and so many different ways sports doctors and on and on and on all these coaches and so many places where people have gone as children as teenagers as young adults for support and received um, this abuse and I've worked with many people who have been struggling for a very long time and they are amazed at how quickly they can move through healing and they can no longer be weighed down by it. It still happened. That's the thing about forgiveness work is these things have still occurred. Yes, they have. They've occurred in the illusion and the appearance is that we've been wounded, we've been hurt, We've been degraded in some way. But in spirit, these things are not true. And we can get to the awareness of truth. And what this section is saying here is that the truth will decimate the belief. It will replace it because truth is true now and forevermore. And... Things that aren't true, they will not stand. So my my prayer all the time, when I look at the world of effects and I see the various kinds of turmoil, my simple prayer is, let truth be revealed and love prevail. May truth be revealed and love prevail. And that to me covers everything. Everything, everything, everything. So it's saying here that we can, some illusions are given greater value. And therefore, less willingly offered to truth for healing and for help. So that's the thing is, our beliefs sometimes grow so large They become these outposts, these milestones, these huge, seemingly immovable rocks in our life. I'm an alcoholic. I'm a this, I'm a that. We get so identified with the problem that we are less willing to offer it up for healing. Because we just accidentally don't believe it's possible for these things to heal. I was talking with somebody about this uh, just recently. Is it that you just don't believe it's possible to heal? Or is it that you're so identified with the problem that you won't know who you are without it? You are afraid to lose your identity. Right? So those two things are two things you can always look for if you consider... Where in your mind you think you have a problem, right? In your body, in your relationships, in your finances, in your career, wherever it is you think you have a problem. Two questions to ask yourself are, do you believe it can be healed for you? Do you believe it can be healed for you? And are you afraid to let that affect ...of your beliefs go... ...or does it scare you? Because many times... ...when it comes to healing... Um, ...I've talked about this before... ...I've, I've worked with people... ...who are... Uh, ...have had... ...some kind of illness... Uh, ...could be HIV... ...could be some kind of disability... ...whatever it is... ...and as a result... That person is receiving government assistance and family assistance and community assistance and they're getting uh, special housing that's really great. Uh, They're getting um, whatever all these different benefits are. Well, if you're healed, you won't be entitled to any of those things anymore now you have to figure out how to support yourself financially you won't have all that time to contemplate and to chill out and to just hide from the world maybe different people different things right so I'm definitely not saying every sick person is hiding from the world or anything like that I'm not making any kind of statements remotely like that I'm just throwing out a plethora of things which I've heard people tell me over my nearly 20 years of being a spiritual counselor. It's incredible. I can't believe it's been that long. (laughs) But it has. And so I've heard all these things that people uh, are afraid to let go of. Who will I be without that? Could I support myself without the government assistance? Is it too scary to think about? Do I need this crutch? Which is, out of self-love, let us know the truth of what we're really thinking and believing. Because we can have a healing. And believe you, me, that if you are called, if you feel that you would like to have a complete healing and... So that you can be of service, great service in this world. Just with your consciousness being fully available. Spirit will provide you everything you need. The money, the opportunity, the people, everything will be provided. That's how spirit works. It really does. The question is, are you receptive? Are you willing? So, in this here, in this paragraph 6, no illusion has any truth in it, yet it appears some illusions are more true than others. It appears that way. Although this clearly makes no sense at all. Like, just think about it. If you think about the illusion as being a fantasy or a dream, that... Some are more true than others. What? It doesn't make any sense, right? But this is how we believe things. We believe, oh, that's true. Well, maybe that one's not true, even though I believe it. This is how crazy the ego thought system uh, makes us. When we align with it and identify with it. So what? What he's asking us here now is, what relevance has preference to the truth? Illusions are illusions and are false. Your preference gives them no reality. So you may prefer this illusion or that illusion, but it still gives them no reality. Not one illusion is true in any way, And all illusions must yield with equal ease to what God gave as answer to them all. And here it is. God's will is one. God's will is one. There's no separate will. There's the appearance of free will. But there is no separate will. God's will is one. We're part of God. We can't go in different directions at the same time. No matter what, no matter how it looks in the illusion, in reality, we cannot separate from God. And any wish that seems to go against God's will has no foundation in the truth. Only the truth is real. Nothing real can be threatened, nothing unreal exists. All right, moving on to paragraph seven Sin is not error. For it goes beyond correction to impossibility. So sin is impossible. All right. So, for all of us who maybe you're like me, I realized that I was absolutely, utterly convinced that I was fundamentally bad. Well, that's not true. That's not true. So, everything that I thought I was bad. For all the reasons I thought I was bad, not one of them true. Sin is not error, for it goes beyond correction to impossibility. Yet, the belief that sin is real has made some errors seem forever past the hope of healing. And the lasting grounds for hell. Now, some people believe that they've been sexually abused because... They're sinners. They've got this inherent badness, this core badness that's magnetized this to them. Now that that is likely an interpretation, a karmic interpretation. Right? And that's what beliefs are. They're decisions that we made, interpreting experiences. That's what beliefs are. And all our false beliefs that we came into this life with are ones that we are, in our script, scheduled to have healings about. So let's get on with our father's business here. As Jesus said when he was a child to his parents, I must be about my father's business. So the belief that the sin is real has made some errors seem forever past the hope of healing and the lasting grounds for hell. A lot of us have this tucked away in our consciousness and we're not even aware that we think it. This is one of the things I see all the time in finding freedom and masterful living uh, in in this community that people as they're doing this work, taking out the trash in their mind, clearing more and clearing more and clearing more through the work of self-forgiveness and releasing the judgments, they start to realize, oh, this thought was really buried deep in my consciousness. There it is, plucking it out, giving it to the Holy Spirit for healing. So some of the things we believe were sins, uh, we also believe that we should be punished in a hellish way for all eternity and we may not even realize it he says if this were so if we sh- if we should have lasting grounds for hell would heaven be opposed by its own opposite as real as it so if it was true that there were lasting grounds for hell heaven would be opposed by its own opposite, as real as it. So heaven is real, the illusion is not. Then would God's will be split in two, and all creation be subjected to the laws of two opposing powers until God becomes impatient, splits the world apart, and relegates attack unto himself. Thus, God has lost his mind, Proclaiming sin has taken his reality from him and brought his love at last to vengeance heels. For such an insane picture, an insane defense can be expected, but cannot be established, but cannot establish rather, that the picture must be true. Nothing gives meaning where no meaning is. So where there's a belief in sin, no meaning is. It's made up. It's illusion. And truth needs no defense to make it true. Truth is true. We don't have to defend it. It sets us free because it is our reality. This is the thing. I love it when it rhymes. It sets us free because it's our reality. Illusions have no witness and no effects. Who looks on them is but deceived. Forgiveness is the only function here and serves to bring the joy this world denies to every aspect of God's Son where sin was thought to rule. So this is the thing that I've come to see is that forgiveness absolutely is the key. It is the key, it is the key, there is no other key. And... Practicing forgiveness in the way that we do at the Power of Love Ministry brings people to miraculous, speedy healing. It's quite extraordinary how it works, but it definitely works. So forgiveness is anti-aging. Forgiveness is healing of all toxicity, Forgiveness is liberating. It brings forth abundance and prosperity. It brings forth a wealth of things we're not experiencing when we're not adept at forgiveness. Because unforgiveness blocks the flow of all those good things. And forgiveness opens up the flow of all those good things. It's not complicated. It's actually quite simple. So it says here, we're in paragraph eight now. Perhaps you do not see the role forgiveness plays in ending death and all beliefs that rise from mists of guilt. Yeah, we we won't see it until we start to practice it. That's for sure. Absolutely. And so it says here, sins are beliefs. Beliefs that you impose between your brother and yourself. They limit you to time and place and give a little space to you, another little space to him, separate, right? This separating off is symbolized in your perception by a body which is clearly separate and a thing apart. Yet, at what this symbol represents is but your wish to be a part and separate. Let us put an end to it. Let us truly embrace the unity of all life. Forgiveness takes away what stands between your brother and yourself. It is the wish that you be joined with him and not apart. So consider this. Would you be willing to really recognize that you are together with, one with, All the people you dislike uh, that you think are bad, wrong, not good, sinners. Like when I hear on the radio or something now about some terrorist attack, I bless everybody, including all the terrorists. In fact, in a certain way, my heart goes out more to the terrorists because they're in deeper doo-doo in their awareness. They need our prayers to liberate. Uh, one of the biggest challenges many people have is they are stuck on looking at their loved ones as having problems and being problems. And until they change their mind, they're kind of nailing their loved ones to the wall in that frame, as the Course of Miracles would say, in that frame of badness and wrongness. And it's much harder for them to make healthy, loving choices When inside the frame of our judgment. It's just true. So we're here to be the light of the world. To teach only love. And this is what brings our healing. Yes indeed. So these are the basic principles here. For us to be aware of in our healing. We're going to jump down here. Salvation, perfect and complete, asks but a little wish that what is true be true. A little willingness to overlook what is not there. A little sigh that speaks for heaven as a preference to this world, the death and desolation seem to rule so reminding ourselves our goal all the time is to choose unity to choose oneness to recognize there is no separation and we are not interested in it we're interested in a life of love and truth wholeness and harmony and that is what we are choosing here and now we are grateful yes yes that we can choose here and now Absolutely. This is why in all my trainings, uh, I've got the teacher training coming up in October, how to lead and create a workshop, which includes the certification on how to lead my Forgiven Be Free workshop. And then I also have in October the Spiritual Counseling Training Intensive. Both of these trainings, all that I do includes so much of this deep healing work. Because we've got to get the trash out of the way so that we can really step into great, tremendous success and being truly helpful in this world. It's required. Yes, 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 yes. I'm so grateful to you. Thank you for your contributions. Your donations make this show possible. We are so grateful for your love and support. Make the transcripts and all the different various parts of it. Possible. I'm so grateful to be able to share that with you. A quick reminder you can sign up for my sacred circle. Get the first month free when you register. Use the code SACRED GIFT. One word, SACRED GIFT. I love you. I thank God for you. Have a beautiful and blessed week.